Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. My guest today, Andy Storch, is an author, speaker, consultant, coach, and connector, as well as the host of two podcasts, including The Talent Development Hot Seat and Own Your Career, Own Your Life Show. Andy is also the founder and host of the Talent Development Think Tank, Conference, and Community. Andy is passionate about helping people fulfill their true potential, and his book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, is designed to help people stop drifting and take control of their futures. Most importantly, Andy is a husband, father, and friend who's on a mission to get the absolute most out of life and inspire others to do the same. Andy Storch shares about creating content consistent with your personal brand. Your brand is your reputation. It is who you are and how you show up in the world. You can give your energy to positive activities and create communities where people can be filled up. Put yourself out there in an authentic way that serves others. Andy Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you taking the time to, to be on the show and just looking forward to learning so much about your journey and your experience. Uh, Robert, my pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So let's just talk about your journey into entrepreneurship and, and running your own show. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I did not, uh, I, I grew up in, in kind of a middle-class family. My parents were teachers and educators, and there were no entrepreneurs in my family. I did not know what entrepreneurship was growing up. I had no exposure to it whatsoever. I think my uncle sold real estate for a while, but uh, I didn't know much about that. And when I went to college, you know, the goal was to get a good job and, um, and have a good career. And that's what my parents wanted for me. And uh, that's what I wanted. But right after college, uh, I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert mm -hmm. Kiyosaki, who I know many people have read, you know, pretty famous entrepreneur circles. I don't know how it came to me, but it opened my eyes to this idea of entrepreneurship that, again, I had no idea this world even existed. And, um, you know, the fact that you could make a lot more money as an entrepreneur or even someone working in sales. And so I decided I wanted to kind of pursue that. And I started, um, you know, looking for opportunities to get in sales and do things that are entrepreneurial. Uh, but I really had no idea what to do. And everything I tried was a complete flop, complete failure, like not even close, not even like an inkling of success. Um, and eventually, uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, Courtney, and I moved. Uh, we met in college at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And we moved out to California. And I started, I still wanted to pursue entrepreneurship. So I joined a couple different startups. I started a couple companies uh, with friends. All of them, again, were, were complete failures. The, the startups I worked for, the bosses I worked for were like complete tyrant jerks, you know, just like doing terrible things and uh, a lot of lessons learned on how not to run a business. <laughs> but uh, eventually I was like, man, I got to make some money and, and like pay my bills. And so I, a friend got me into the corporate space and do insurance. And so I worked in the corporate world for a little while. I went back to school, got an MBA. Uh, I moved to San Francisco and got into consulting. And uh, the consulting job I got into was, was really kind of a dream job because it was very entrepreneurial, but within the confines of a, a company. And I got to work with a lot of different companies, a lot of different leaders, um, fly all over the world, running these workshops in Europe and Asia and across North and South America, and learn a lot about what, you know, what good business looks like, what makes companies and leaders successful. Um, but you know, there was still something that felt kind of like it was missing for me. I don't, I, you know, I couldn't put my finger on it. And in 2016, I was listening to a podcast uh, about real estate investing. And I heard a man named Hal Elrod, who wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. And uh, a light bulb went off for me and I bought his book and uh, I read it right away. And it was the first personal development book I had ever read. And it was my entry into personal development. You're, you're smiling. So I'm guessing you're familiar. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I with love, the book. love routines. Yeah. And it just, it changed my life getting into the, you know, the morning routine. I started, you know, getting into personal development, doing a lot more reading, listening to a lot more podcasts, rediscovered entrepreneurship and realized like that is really where I wanted to go. There's a reason why I always butted heads with every boss I ever had. I don't like working for other people. So let me, you know, try to pursue this, this entrepreneurship thing again. 
And luckily an opportunity found me, uh, a good friend of mine was working as kind of an independent consultant with this small firm. And he recruited me over to be his business partner uh, as kind of like a 1099, you know, uh, commission only running your own business within the confines of like this small little company called Advantage Performance Group. And I was started, you know, selling and running training for big companies. And uh, it was really cool. And, you know, basically getting a commission for selling other people's content and kind of running things of my own. But as I was doing that, I was also getting really into creating content and building a personal brand. Um, I started my first podcast in 2017 uh, and then another one in 2018 that was about tw uh, talent development to really support my business. And as those started to grow, the talent development podcast grew. I ended up hosting a conference with my friend who recruited me in that business in January 2020. And uh, that was a big hit. And then when COVID hit, uh, at that time, I was flying around the country and the world running leadership development workshops. And of course, my whole business got completely shut down. And uh, I was forced to really pivot and start making changes. And that was when I decided to go out completely on my own, away from the company I was with and open up Andy Storch Inc. and just be you know, my own guy. I was already working on the book that I have, which I eventually published in uh, near the end of 2020 and uh, just started building my own business in the corporate space um, you know, as a, as a community organizer, a connector, a facilitator, a consultant. And uh, it's just grown from there. Uh, you know, I have three podcasts now, the book, uh, I run a membership community. I do a lot of work with big companies and uh, I don't have a boss and I get to have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So obviously you mentioned a, a few things in there. Let's, let's talk about the value of creating content and, and mm. your own personal brand and, and how that leads to getting what you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan and believer in building a personal brand and, and having that support your business. Of course, I wrote a chapter in my book about uh, the importance of building a personal brand, whether you're an employee or uh, an entrepreneur. I think it's really important, but I think especially if you're an entrepreneur, because I think the world we live in, for, you know, first and foremost, a personal brand is nothing more than your reputation, right? It's what people think about you and say about you when you're not around, right? And you have a reputation, you have a brand no matter what, right? Robert, you and I have met now and we have an opinion of each other, hopefully positive, right? And we will go on from here and say like, oh yeah, I know that guy, Robert, he's great. You should definitely go on his show, right? Um, you know, things like that. And so we have these reputations and we have an opportunity to be intentional with building that reputation and that brand with content we put out there whether it be as a podcast on, you know, on social media, as a book, as a blog, um, you know, a YouTube channel, whatever it may be. Uh, I don't think it's that important which one you kind of pick your platform, right, that works for you and that will work for your potential clients. And that builds your brand. It builds awareness of you and what you offer. And, you know, kind of, kind of part of the goal is for people to be thinking about you even when they don't need your services, right? So that when the time comes, because let's be honest, we all, whether we're, even though if we're entrepreneurs, we are all also consumers. We also hire people for things. Um, how often when you need something, are you able to think of that person that you met, you know, two years prior, right? It's mostly, you know, who have I seen lately? Who's been in front of me that, uh, you know, I can hire to get this job done. And I think creating that regular content, building that brand keeps you in front of people so that when the time comes, I just got an email today from a woman uh, who I was, you know, trying to get business with her company. I remember almost two years ago and it never happened. You know, things didn't move through. They didn't have budget, whatever it may be. Haven't talked in probably over a year. She emailed me today was like, hey, I've seen all the stuff you've been doing. Congratulations with your book. We'd like to talk about bringing you in. I don't think that happens if I'm not posting daily on LinkedIn and getting that content out there. And so that's like the proof that um, it, it builds the brand for you. It becomes the marketing that we need uh, to keep building awareness for who we are and our business. Um, and you know, the, the key to that, I would say too, is to make sure that you're giving value, right? It's not a constant sales pitch because people tune that out, right? You're finding ways to give value just like you do with your podcast, Robert, and like giving value back to entrepreneurs. You're not selling to them all the time. You're giving them content that they can use to build their business. Um, we can all be doing that as well, giving value. And then every now and then, uh, you know, Gary Vee calls it the jab, 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 right hook, right? You, you, you throw that, that pitch out there, but really focusing on giving a lot of value and showing people who you are so they can get to know you and decide if they want to do business with you or not. Yeah. 
Well, I like obviously the intentionality, right? Being intentional about your reputation, mm -hmm. being intentional about your content, matching your brand and who you are, being intentional about your content, adding value and serving your ideal client, right? Those, those three kind of pieces really, really are important. And the intentionality in that is, is pretty important. You, you mentioned Gary V there, so I'm going to throw it out there because you were intentional about an opportunity with Gary V. You want to share that story? Yeah, I didn't know you knew about that. I've uh, I've been intentional about an opportunity with Gary V a couple times. Uh, I'm I'm a big. If you're in the entrepreneurial world, you probably know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. Gary V is a big. He runs a digital ad agency in New York. Has a huge following on social media. He was one of those first few influencers I started following when I got into personal development and entrepreneurship back in 2016. And I've been following him ever since. And uh, I'm a big fan of all of his work and uh, always wanted to meet him. So the first one was back in uh, the fall of 2019. I was at a conference in Dallas where he was speaking and there were like 4,000 people there. Uh, but at one point while everybody was in sessions, I looked at my phone and saw he was live on LinkedIn in the uh, the convention hall and I ran out of the session. I was in the front row uh, and found him. And uh, there was like nobody else around. It was just him and D-Rock, his cameraman and a couple other people. And I was able to shake his hand and and thank him and and uh, take a picture with him. And and that was really cool. And then, uh, you know, fast forward to 2021 and uh, Gary starts talking about cryptocurrency and NFTs. And I'm following along really closely and uh, I invested in his NFT project called VFriends back in May of 2021. And it's just been an amazing ride. Uh, the value of those have gone up quite a bit. Uh, and I've just been so appreciative of everything he's done to inspire me and now make me money as well. Uh, you know, going back to before that, uh, I listed Gary in the acknowledgement section of my book that came out in November 2020 because he's been such an inspiration. So one of my uh, goals, dreams, always to give him a copy of my book. I knew he wasn't going to promote it or read it. I didn't care about any of that. I just wanted to give him a copy. Uh, and so back in October, just a couple of months ago, uh, I knew he was going to be at an event in New York. And I live down in Orlando, Florida, uh, but I bought a ticket for the event. Uh, I got a flight. I went up to New York and uh, it was a smaller event. There were only going to be about, I don't know, 250 people there. Uh, and so I found Gary before the event started. I got a chance to walk over uh, to shake his hand, uh, give him a hug, give him my book, a signed copy of my book and take a picture with him. And I'd love to say that I said everything that I had rehearsed in my in my dreams that I was going to say to him, but it's just kind of like, oh, blah, 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 I'm Andy. Uh, okay. It wasn't that bad, but um, I did. <laughs> but I did uh, give him, you know, get a chance to give him my book and take a picture. And uh, and that was really cool. And I'm still following along with everything he's doing closely. And uh, it's just been it's been a fun journey. Um, but I, you know, I've told some of those stories because and I think so many people who follow me have taken some lessons from that. And that's that, like, if you want something, if you want to meet somebody, if you want to get involved with somebody's project, if you want to, like, go out and get business, like you got to go out and get it. Like, you can't wait for these things to come to you. So, like, I wanted to meet him. So I bought a ticket and flew to New York and it definitely was not guaranteed. Um, but you know, I took a chance and some things I do don't work out, but that one did. Yeah, but you put the vibration out there too, right? Like, yeah, this is why I'm going there. This is what I'm, what my goal is. And so, so that goal is driving you. And, and I think putting that vibration out into the world that I want to hand my book, you know, to Gary Vanderjack. I assume you got a picture of him holding your book. I did. You know, the funny thing is I hand him the book. And then he was like, let's get a picture. And he put the book down <laughs> and they went to take the picture. And I said, can you hold the book up? And so, yeah, he, he held the book up. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the value of that is is pretty cool, right? Like, hey, you got my book. Like, right. you know, I think about uh, Bob Berg and the Go-Giver, right? How many pictures of people holding up the Go-Giver oh, yeah. out there? Sure. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, you know, to go back to like, I've learned from some great people like Hal Arad and Gary Vaynerchuk and others. Um, and I want to be that person for other people as well, which is why I'm like posting and sharing every day, getting my book out there, trying to get it in front of as many people as possible, because I want to make an impact on the world like they have. And uh, so I know that opportunity is there for all of us, but it requires, I think, a lot of hustle and, you know, content and all that stuff. Well, and and the intentionality, right? Mm -hmm. There were 4,000 people in that conference yep. and how many others saw that he was live and 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 didn't leave the room? Yeah, me and this other guy named Adam Posner, who is a, runs a recruiting agency up in New York, uh, he also did the same thing and made a beeline there. Uh, and the cool thing was 
that, you know, obviously we talked to Gary for a couple minutes and then he moved on, but Adam and I met and we ended up hanging out the rest of the day and the night and have become really great friends. And we, and we talk all the time. So like these opportunities create, you know, moments and relationships that you, you never would have uh, had if you didn't go out and do something. Yeah. I think uh, I've gotten more value at conferences in hallways mm -hmm. than I have in the main room. Just, Always. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, being intentional and, getting there early and waiting, like no one, like those people are all in the room, but the speaker's coming by this way. That's right. <laughs> and, and the opportunity to say hello, the opportunity to, to introduce yourself, take a picture. Uh, those things are all, are all pretty cool, but you have to be intentional and you have to take advantage of the opportunity when you see, Oh, Hey, <laughs> I'm out. You yeah. Know? You got to put yourself in position. You got to be in the room, right? What do they say? Luck is the, is where opportunity and, uh, uh, I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> it's still it's still pretty cool. So so yeah. let's talk about um, the the impact of being an author. Yeah, and and what your book is able is is allowing you to do. Yeah. Um, so the root of the word author is authority, or the root of authority is author, and uh, it, it really does. It's it's kind of a fast track to become an authority in a space. I mean, you think about the authors that you look up to, and even though I am an author. When I see someone has a book, I'm kind of like, oh, you have a book, like you must know something, right? It's just kind of that little switch, mindset switch in your, and and I did not write my book just because of that. I was waiting for the right idea um, and and something that I knew where I could I could really give value to others. And it all kind of came to, together for me at a conference, in a conversation with a friend in, in the hallway, essentially outside of the main conference uh, that I was at in London in 2019. Uh, and I started writing the book a month later and it became the book that I have, but it really creates a huge opportunity to build a brand as an expert, as a thought leader, uh, as someone who uh, you know knows something about a, a subject. Uh, but the key is that I think a mistake a lot of people make is that they write a book and think that the book is just going to go sell itself. Like people are going to find it on Amazon or something, just like a podcast. But it, it's not true, right? You've got to go out there and hustle. And so my book's been out for a little more than a year. Uh, I have been you know, posting about it regularly. I have, uh, I ordered a thousand copies and I send them out. I go to the, I send them out to the, on the, I go to the post office every week and send out 10 copies to potential clients, you know, influencers, you you name it, because I want to get it in front of more people. I did a couple of giveaways over the holidays on social media. Um, and, you know, people are now other people are posting about it and it has led to me getting uh, several paid speaking engagements with companies I've created a training program from my book. So it kind of gave me the foundation to create something that then I can bring into companies and charge money for. Whereas I don't know if I would have had the confidence, uh, let alone the, the content to do that before without the book. So I, I think the book is kind of the foundation to be able to create a lot of things. Uh, and you got to go into it with the right mindset that, Hey, like I said, you're, you're going to hustle to like make it successful because it won't be successful otherwise. And B, um, you're not going to make money from the book alone, right? Like very few people are actually like making a decent income from their book. It's all the things that you do with the book. Do you create, you know, do you do speaking? Do you create a course? Do you create a training program? Um, you know, do you have a community around it? Uh, you know, whatever it may be products that you create. I mean, entrepreneurs get it right. But it's, it's the book is kind of like, that's the marquee sign above your brand. And then what do you do with that to build the business around it? Absolutely. Well, my publisher said the average book sells 42 copies and that's pretty yeah. much most people's family and friends. So by buying a thousand yourself, you've already put yourself in a different class. That's so right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think we've sold maybe close to a thousand. I don't, I don't even know what the number is, but it's probably close to that. But yeah, I, I started off with a big order myself. So at least we could say it sold more than 42. There you go. Well, and, and, and it really is a tool, right? Kind of like the podcast is a, is a tool Yep. to and and the podcast won't grow itself either no <laughs> the yeah, podcast takes, takes a great deal of energy there's a million yeah. podcasts right so <laughs> like you got to keep telling people about it get it in front of people and like connecting with the right people um if, if you want it to happen but the opportunity is there right and that, that's the the great thing about the time we live in is that if you have a, a laptop and a microphone or whatever, like you can create stuff and you can build a brand around it. You can go on TikTok or Instagram or LinkedIn and you can go build a brand. You don't need that much. You don't need a publisher or you don't need a record label. You know, like it's harder, but you can you can still make it happen. Uh, so I, I just think we live in amazing times. 
Absolutely. Well, and and like you and I were talking up before the show, right? The opportunity just to have conversations with business leaders in Australia and New mm -hmm. Zealand and England and and any other English speaking place yeah. that you know we have the opportunity to connect with and learn and learn from them and, and their experiences. And so yeah, I just think it's 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 this this networking thing is just becoming a worldwide opportunity. And so the yeah. people that are able to connect and and not for the sake of using those connections, for the sake of adding value, like you you talked about Gary Vee and and, and yourself, right? Wanting to add value, writing the book to to add value to to others in the world, and 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 100%. so influencing in a positive way. I think that's like something that's so important that you mentioned right there. That like we've got to be focused on giving value all the time, like giving more than we receive. And I think things will work out. I'm I'm big on that. Um, giving ex, you know, giving without expectations. Uh, you know, I believe in karma. Like what you put out into the world comes back to you. And so there's another thing with the book, like my book right now has, uh, I think about 230 five-star reviews on Amazon, which is just like, uh, like I'm so humbled and, and just proud about that. But one of the reasons it's happened is because I go out of my way to leave a review of any of my friends, anybody I know comes out with a book or a podcast, like I will go leave a review because how can you expect other people to leave reviews for your stuff if you are not going and doing it for other people, right? So like, it's about energy, it's karma, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I try to be proactive in supporting people in my network. And I find that it, you know, with no expectations, but I find that it comes back to me all the time. So uh, big on like, yeah, trying to give value and supporting others. And, you know, I find it, it often comes back. All right, I like it. Now I got to read your book. So then I can send you mine. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> I just I just sent it to uh, ten the, the first ten people besides my wife to read it. So it's uh, it's that nerve. That's right. It's that That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, that that crazy moment where you realize, oh wait, they don't well, love me as much as she does. This could be real. <laughs> they might, yeah, they might tell me the truth about it. Well, they so, might be nicer than she was, depending <laughs> on your wife. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. It was just a weird moment when I realized, well, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, my, my wife was very helpful with my book. I wrote it in about three and a half months and then I gave it to her and she kind of helped me rework it. And there was a moment where she pointed to this section in the book and she was like, this is too long. You have to take this whole thing out. And I was like, oh, it was like, you know, killing your baby. But but she was right because it was too long. And so I and she's like, that, take that out and turn it into a whole nother book. And so, you know, I took it out and, and put it aside and hopefully it'll be a book one day. Um, but it's good to have those opinions of people that love us and are willing to give us like the, you know, the real feedback. Well, and it's it's so funny because your first instinct is to take their editing personally, like, mm -hmm. But right. it's not it's not personal. She's trying to help you make the you hate better. me. <laughs> she wants you to sell it as much as you want to sell it. And yeah, so, yeah right. absolutely. Like, wait a minute. She's helping me correct it and make it sound better. Why am I why am I so attached to the sentence I wrote? Like, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, it's been my wife is amazing. She is absolutely far more technical than me and far more um, knows the English language and how it's supposed to work, whereas mm. I just spout stuff out and so <laughs> she's able to put those things okay. together yeah. make it a lot better and so she definitely is is was my right hand in in getting it to this point nice um, so so yeah i appreciate the the wife helping <laughs> love sure. that yeah it's awesome love having a partnership that that can do that so we will be right back after this short break this episode is sponsored by add value to life coaching Want to learn the mindset secrets of successful entrepreneurs that have been shared on our podcast? Well, you can get them for free at addvaluemindset.com, addvaluemindset.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. All right, we talked about content, personal brand, um, hosting a conference. Let's talk about, obviously, that that's a that's a huge undertaking to, yeah, to yeah. expand your brand. Uh, it, it was it was huge and it was a lot of work. I only recommend it if you're really excited about doing something like that. And and obviously for the last two years, it's it's been almost impossible. 
but we're coming back into a time where I think it's possible. I'm actually hosting an event next week, uh, a smaller, like a retreat for 20 people. Uh, but the conference was about 140, something like that. I can't remember. Nice. Um, it, it started with an idea from my friend Bennett and I, like, we've been to all these other conferences in our space. Like we go prospecting, you know, looking for clients and they're all boring. Like I know we could create something better. And so, and we've got the, you know, a little bit of the brand. So let's go give it a shot. Um, and we also figured if we can get some really good speakers, then people will want to come. Right. So we took a while, but we nailed down two really marquee speakers in, in our space. Um, Josh Burson and Liz Weissman, um, Liz wrote the book Multipliers, which is a huge bestseller in like the leadership space. And um, and then we had a really good partnership as well. You know, side note about partnerships. I don't know if you've been involved in some, you probably know a lot of people are involved in them. Like it, it's got to work, like you can't force it. And uh, we had a great partnership where like our skills were very complimentary. So my friend Bennett was like very good at the logistics and behind the scenes stuff and did not want to be up front on stage, right? Like he's happy being behind the scenes. And I just want to be on stage, like marketing and talking to people, right? So we we had a very good partnership. Uh, he put together all the logistics, got the like the speakers and facilitators lined up, and all the details. Um, and I was just out on LinkedIn and the podcast, like every day, marketing, talking to people about it. We were both sending emails like crazy. Like he got a lot of people to buy tickets too. Uh, and it took about nine months, but we eventually sold it out, and uh, it was a big, big success. We had great speakers, um, but and many people there told us it was the best conference they've ever been to. And the reason for that was because we took the lessons from other conferences. And, you know, the reason we started it, which was other conferences are boring. Let's start a conference that's not boring. And we made it really engaging and exciting and interactive. We didn't have any, there was no death by PowerPoint, right? It was a lot of interactive sessions and, uh, and, and people loved it. People really loved it. We also had really, really, really good food, which by the way, is really, really expensive. So... <laughs> We did not make any money on this conference. So anybody listening that's like, oh, I could drive, start a conference and make a lot of money. Mm. Be careful because your costs can get out of control. You know, I think the conference probably, we probably made 120,000 and it cost us 119,000 or, you know, something like that. It was, it was, it was close. Um, but it was great for building the brand and people still talk about it and ask about it. When is it coming back? It's been two years uh, this month and I do want to bring it back. Uh, it's obviously just been, you know, tough with COVID and everything, but great brand builder and great for like, you know, meeting lots of people, building a network, all that sort of stuff. And I love bring, bringing people together. So I definitely plan on doing more events in the future. And uh, I'll just put this out in the universe. I've only said this to a couple other people, but I have like a vision or goal in my mind that one day I will host a conference for entrepreneurs and Gary Vee will be speaking. Nice. So there you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. So at least the conference wasn't upside down. Right. But Having been a missionary and hosted teams and taken teams all around the world, oh yeah, two things, two things you 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 need to get right: the place they sleep, and the food. Yeah, if you get the food right, your odds of having every it doesn't matter if the other stuff is right mediocre. Even yeah. the speakers could be mediocre if the food yeah. is good. You get away with a ton. We um, we had like a we had this woman who did some work for us as like a coordinator, and she was kind of just used to working for companies, not just like two guys. So when the hotel offered like the upgraded food package, she just jumped on it. And so we had the best food, but it was very expensive. Well, I tell you though, camp or trips or retreats, like if the food yeah. is good. Yeah. People are happy. It'll make everything else good. And yeah. Yeah. And, and people loved it. True. And it's a multiplier for sure. Yeah. Good <laughs> so, reminder. So don't cut the corners. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah, cut the corners point. on the food too good much. Point. Right. You can, you can reel it in, but obviously I think, uh, sometimes conferences and things get caught up in, you know, well, the food's an extra, mm -hmm. right? But if the food's a main element, just like the the main speaker, yeah. you get those two things right, you can mess up a lot of stuff and <laughs> yeah. there's forgiveness. But yeah. if food is bad, people are just unhappy and miserable the whole entire time. And then yeah. they don't listen and they don't enjoy. And, and then they're going to give bad reviews because that, that speaker was this or this was boring, but really mm -hmm. it was the food set it all up wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Puts people in a bad mood or no coffee in the morning. <laughs> no, Nothing no, makes snacks, no snacks at the 10 o'clock break. No snacks, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we all remember. Okay, let's talk about, um, I don't know, character and, and gratitude. Obviously, you've got into the personal development space yourself and kind of grew yourself. 
let's talk about you know character and developing gratitude and, and how mm. those two things have impacted you know your thought life yeah well when you say character i mean i i think of you know, integrity, I think of morals, I think of being a, a, a good person, like who you are and like what people see and who you are. I think it connects back to what we talked about with personal brand, which is like who you are and how you show up in the world and how you interact with people and and then how they perceive you as a result. And when I talk about brand, I always say like, I'm, I'm a big advocate of authenticity. So don't try to be someone that you're not, like be be who you are and, uh, but but be a good person, right? You know, treat people well, we talked about that and, and that usually comes back to you. Uh, so I'm, I'm big on, on, you know, Gary Vee talks about these and there's his, in his new book, 12 and a half as well, kindness, uh, empathy, gratitude, um, very, very big on optimism, all these things. Uh, gratitude has been huge for me, you know, since I discovered it years ago and, and started using a journal and writing gratitude every day in my journal every morning, uh, you know, using my own journal, using, um, uh, journals with prompts like the Freedom Journal from from John and Kate at Entrepreneurs on Fire. I've, I've been using that for years and it starts with gratitude every morning. It's just a great habit to get into because no matter what you have going on in your life, uh, you can come back to gratitude, right? There's always something you can be grateful for, your your family, food on the table, a roof over your head, uh, you know, the weather, a good cup of coffee, whatever it may be. Uh, and gratitude can change everything, you know, like Tony Robbins talks about this. Uh, you can't really be anxious or angry and, gra and grateful at the same time. Uh, and so it can really change a lot. And it's not like you have to be grateful in every situation. It's okay to be unhappy sometimes. But I come back to gratitude a lot, especially when I'm going through challenging times. And uh, last year, um, I don't know if you know this, Robert, I went through cancer last year and uh, I had testicular cancer and I went through chemo and just like some really, really tough stuff in early 2021. Uh, but there are two things that I did every single day while I went through that experience and that journey was number one, I meditated every day for 10 minutes, you know, for my own mental health. And number two is I took out a journal and wrote down my gratitude every day, no matter what, how bad I felt. I always had things to be grateful for. And I started writing down that I was grateful for the cancer and for the journey. And that really helped me get through it and helped, you know, convince me that it was a blessing, right? It was a good thing. And I, and I really think it was, it has allowed me to gain more perception and empathy for other people and also uh, to help a lot of people, I think, with what I've shared along my journey. And so I still write down my gratitude every day. I talk about it all the time. I think it's one of the best ways to combat stress and the things, you know, the difficulties we deal with as entrepreneurs. Um, you know, come back to why you got into this in the first place, why you wanted this and what you really want and what you have right now. And just be grateful for what you have and enjoy the journey too, because we, as entrepreneurs, we always have these big goals, right? I want to be this big time speaker or make a million dollars or this or that or whatever it may be. Um, we forget that, you know, life and fulfillment is usually more about the journey than achieving the goal, right? Because you like, you could get that goal and get to the top and get that million dollars, but then what? Like, what are you going to do then, right? It's just a lot of people, I think that's why a lot of like, you see a lot of celebrities and rock stars, like, spiral out of control and end up on drugs and all that stuff because it's boring at the top like once you've achieved everything so i always want to have something to work on and i want to be enjoying the journey that i'm on and so i try to do that every day and encourage others to do the same now, success is not a destination no that's right it's a journey it's absolutely a journey it's absolutely a journey it's a way of life too i i appreciate you taking gratitude back to your own your own healing experience um my wife had a near death experience this last year and, mm. and, and it never felt that way to her. And yeah. partly because of her attitude and because she's, she was grateful and trusting and in a spirit of uh, just a positive spirit, right? She never, she never feared for her life. She never feared for um, losing. It was just part of the, part of the process. And I think, you know, her habits of gratitude and her habits of, of you know how she views the world played mm. into that yeah but it also impacted others around her where yeah. where they're seeing people that are just sick and getting sicker and miserable mm. and nurses that were coming back to see my wife even when they're off duty because she's just happy and she's yeah. just she's just there doing doing her thing and, and yeah. recovering and recovering really really well and yeah and so today it's as if it never happened which i hope is the case for you as well yes and uh and I think there's there's so much to be said for this. 
so many people think this positivity talk and this positivity ideas, right? Norman Vincent Peale's The Power of Positive Thinking. Everybody mm -hmm. thinks it's woo-woo. And, and, yeah. and I think there's, there's just not enough medical people taking it seriously to say, look at the evidence, right? People yeah. with the right attitude in the hospital that, you know, don't take that cancer diagnosis as, as part of their identity and yeah. say, you know what, I may have cancer, but cancer is not going to define me. And, and no. I'm going to live my life and I'm going to get, this is going yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm live my life and, and it's, it, I'll take care of it. Right. And I always just saw it as a challenge. It was never something that defined me. And I didn't ever want to be a victim. Um, you know, my book is called own your career, own your life. I'm all about owning your situation, taking full responsibility, no matter what's going on. And that means if you have cancer, you take responsibility for that. How did you get it? And what are you going to do about it? Um, yeah. Instead of being a victim, that's, that's what I'm all about. It's, it's so powerful. And, and it absolutely, I, regardless of science, <laughs> what, what the, if science won't study it enough, I just think that there's, there's plenty of evidence of people that, yeah. that heal faster and their body recovers faster and, and their brain recovers faster when they have that positive spirit and they start their day with gratitude and they, they take ownership of yeah. themselves and their life and, and how they're dealing with the journey is yeah, agree. so powerful. I agree. All right. Now that we had that that fun note, let's let's talk a bit about your family, a bit about you and your wife. What, what was your favorite date? Oh, favorite date. Um, so we've done a lot of fun things over the years. I, you know, one of the things I'm working on improving myself as a husband, and we've been married for 17 years, uh, is getting better at at doing more of those dates and like fun dates. So uh, that that's on my like a, a constant. Like I can get better at this. Um, but you know, like we we had a great uh, time recently, just going to the beach. Uh, we go to the beach a lot with the kids, but just going on our own one weekend and just being able to relax and talk, and that's a lot of what you know she likes and we like to do is just be able to to relax and connect and talk. Um, I like to go out hiking and camping and stuff sometimes, and we do those together every now and then. But um, I think for us, like the real connection is when we can just like. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is. You've got kids, right? When you can just relax and not have them running around being crazy. Uh, and so uh, I think that beach recently, you know, beach weekend was was a nice one. Nice. So what do you love to do in your free time? You kind of mentioned a couple things, but. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm big into health and fitness. So I'm at the gym almost every day. Uh, I like, uh, I love yoga. Uh, do that once a week at least. Uh, I've got a bike, go out cycling every now and then um, lift weights, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm into, uh, right now, like as far as, you know, I never had much of a hobby, but right now, very, very deep into NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, and web three world, um, got into that because of Gary V as I mentioned back in May and just gotten deeper and deeper. And so I've invested and collected a lot of in, you know, NFTs. I've made a lot of friends in that world. Um, that's been a, just a, a big fascination for me. And then, um, you know, general learning and growth, you know, is like reading or trying to learn something, um, you know, content creation and like helping others. You could say that's part of the business, part of the fun, whatever. Uh, and just spending time with my family traveling, you know, we love traveling and going on adventure. I love hiking and camping and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, lots of stuff. So let's talk about the blessings of being an entrepreneur and, and building yeah. your business around your family. Yeah. So I mentioned to you before we started recording this last summer, um, I took my family on a five week road trip across the U.S. We drove from Florida to Oregon and back uh, something like 15 states and 7000 miles or something like that uh, in our Honda Odyssey. And uh, we stayed with a bunch of friends. We did some camping in some national parks. And, uh, you know, my kids are young. They're five and seven. Like they enjoyed it. They don't realize that most of their friends will never do something like that because, most people cannot take that amount of time off. And not only, I'll go a step further, most employees can never take that much time off. Most entrepreneurs never will because they don't think they can, right? They won't let themselves, right? I mean, you've been there. So well, they're, they're a slave to their, they, they, they own their job, right? They're, they're right. not building, they're not building a, 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 they're not building wealth. They've, they've basically just owned yeah, a job. You've created a new job for yourself, right? And, and I'm not, I'm not, I haven't arrived. I'm not there. I haven't, I'm not rich by any, you know, by some means, maybe not by others. Um, it was a stretch for us. I, I definitely um, put myself in a good position though, because uh, I have built up some income through, you know, the community I run and client work. Um, I have a great operations manager who works for me, who keeps, keeps everything going. 
Um, and I did a little bit of work while I was traveling. You know, I ran a couple of calls. Uh, you know, I checked in on some things, but was also checked out off the grid for many days at a time. And everything worked fine. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs too are, uh, you know, they're, they're control freaks, right? They're micromanagers. Like you've got to be able to uh, offload some of that stuff and hire, hire somebody who can manage things for you so that you can go take time off. And again, it was a stretch for us, I think, financially at the time. I'm building up so we can do it more and more. You know, our dream is to be able to do that every summer and eventually like take even more, maybe a year off if we, if we want to. Like I, I'm not someone who wants to ever stop working because I love what I do and I think I'll never retire. I'll work forever. But I also want to be able to take a month off or two months off to travel with my family whenever I want to. And only as an entrepreneur do we have the power and ability to do that, um, at least before, you know, typical traditional retirement at age 60 or 65, right? Like my parents are all retired. But to do that younger with your kids, uh, that's what entrepreneurship creates, but you got to be willing to set up the systems uh, and, and take the leap. And I know you had Kate Erickson on recently, who is just brilliant at systems like set that stuff up so that you can go take a week off and then a two week, you know, two weeks, whatever it may be. And that five week trip, like it was, it was awesome. You know, I'll remember it forever and I hope the kids will as well. Yeah. Well, and the one, one of the things that, that Kate and I talked about was that the business almost took them over, right? Her and Johnny Lee, mm. they'd, they'd gotten to a point where it was growing, it was doing, it was doing and doing. And they said, yeah. wait, this isn't what we want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And they, and they redesigned it around the lifestyle that they wanted. And so yeah. that opportunity, and when you mentioned, you know, you're going to, you're not going to retire, you're going to work until you die. Yeah. Work for you is completely different than the guy that's going to the plant every day, yeah. you know, eight to eight to five every day. Right. Yeah. My, like my dad work is, is work my... is something that you enjoy and you love and, and, and it's just a part of, of who you are because right. you're putting yourself into it. Yeah. And that may change, right? Who knows? My dad is retired. Um, he was a high school teacher for 30 years and I'm sure for some of that time he loved it, but I know by the end he was like, I do not want to go to this school anymore. Like I am done with this, you know? And luckily he did a great job saving his money and he got a pension and all that stuff and he can retire and chill and live the life he wants, but not everybody gets that opportunity. Even most employees don't have that opportunity like, like he did either. So all the more reason to maybe start a side hustle, save some money, you know, do whatever you can to set yourself up for success. Yeah. Our culture definitely doesn't encourage uh, saving and setting aside. And, no. and, and my dad, my dad was worked for the same company for 28 years and mm. he set aside 20%. That's all it took. And that's and awesome. He and he retired with nearly a million dollar retirement. And that's awesome. But not any one of his coworkers, buddies that he worked there the whole entire time with did any of that same mm. stuff. And so yep. they're all saying, well, why can't we retire? Right. And, and it's like you, the choices you made, right? Yep. But our culture has kind of geared us towards making those kinds of choices. Right. And nobody's nobody's teaching anybody or telling anybody, you not only need to create money, you yep. need to know how to keep it. Right. <laughs> and yep. keep it working for you. And there's Absolutely. and there's so many options now for, for that, right? Like especially now with all the new things with crypto and NFTs and some mm -hmm. of those ways that are that are tools to, to keep money. Um, yeah. and so, so, so if you're, if you're just creating money and you're just making money, you need to find some ways to, to keep it. And, yeah. Save it, invest it. And, right. And put it, put it to work for you. Right. <laughs> so you mentioned, you mentioned obviously play with your kids. How, how important is play and fun as, as a part of your business? Oh, for me, it's, it's very important. I've always big on, I've always been big on having fun, you know, go looking back to the days when I worked in offices and corporate, um, I was never that good at the jobs I was doing. <laughs> like I never got promoted, but I was always good at creating fun at the office. I was always the guy organizing the lunch or the happy hour, the party, getting people together, like, you know, just checking in with everybody at the office. Uh, and so I try to do that with, with what I do now I connect, you know, checking with friends. Um, if I'm doing keynotes at companies, uh, which all of them are virtual these days, um, I dance before, like, I just like to bring energy um, you know, and have fun and joke around with people. And, uh, it's a little harder when you're like, I, you know, I working from home isolated, like from other people, but, um, try to bring that wherever I go. I definitely bring that with my kids. Uh, you know, when I see my friends at the gym, we joke around and have fun. Like, it's just, I think fun is, is underrated in life and, uh, people like to have fun and they appreciate when other people bring fun. Uh, even clients, I think you've, you've probably asked some of my clients, someone would probably say like, 
ah, uh, he's okay at what he does, but I like that he makes things fun. Like, and I'd be okay with that. Nice. I hope they say he's really good at what he does, but you know, some people just want the fun. Well, and so there's a there's a, a pretty powerful truth in what you just shared because you have clients that are paying you, yeah. and and having fun is more important than having perfect, right? And so, oh, yeah. so they're I think so they're learning and growing and they're doing stuff, but yeah, there's somebody else that's probably better. I feel like I just Andy, saw but, the result of a study recently that said something like, you know, people, how much people value fun in the workplace. And, you know, take it back to that discussion about your personal brand. Like, let's say you're hiring somebody or a client or whatever situation, and you're trying to decide between two people and they're like fairly similar skills, similar pay rate or whatever. And one of them is a lot more fun than the other. You're going to hire the fun one, right? Unless well, you're I not a fun so. person. <laughs> it comes down to personal brand. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned Hal Alrod and, and the Miracle Morning. What what routines are, besides the gratitude journal, what, what other routines are really important to you and ha have helped you in your development? Um, so it's been five years. I still practice the Miracle Morning for the most part. It, it's morphed and changed a little bit over the years, different reasons. But meditation every single day. Um, I'm big on affirmations. Uh, so I do my meditation. I take a walk. I use affirmations to remind myself of the person that I am and I want to be. Uh, I recite my goals every morning, just about. And I find that it's really big for keeping me on track for the things that I want to do. Um, I try to, you know, do some reading, uh, and write in my journal, my gratitude, my journal every day, I exercise most days. Um, those are the big like habits um, you know, another good habit when I'm, when I'm on it is like reaching out to prospects or clients, you know, almost every day, right. To keep building the network, um, you know, try to get good sleep, um, and eat healthy, you know, that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, have dinner with my family every single night and tell my kids, I love them every day. That's, mm. you know, those are my, I love those, love those two. Yeah, yeah. Dinner, dinner with your family and, and telling your kids, you love them. That's super important. Good for you. Yeah. And, and I love so many people don't recognize the power of going to sleep on time, right? Because a morning routine is worthless <laughs> if you don't go to sleep on Man, time. Man, so, some good sleep. Yeah, it's, it's critical. It's yeah. critical. And so entrepreneurs that are, you know, workaholics, staying up late, doing stuff at night, you've just mm -hmm. got to cut it off because everything you set yourself up for the night before, especially if you're partying or doing other stuff, yeah. That ruins your that ruins the potential of your next morning, which of course takes you hours. I mean, you mm -hmm. just it just multi, it just exponentially takes away from what your body and your brain are capable of. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. Sleep is sleep is super. That's that's so good. So now, was your niche? Did you make your your choice of your niche based on your corporate experience, or is it just something that just felt right? Well, things have kind of morphed over time. Uh, you know, it, it started with the corporate consulting that I kind of happened into. And that like opened up this idea of like the talent development world, training and development. And so I started building a niche there um, because those are the clients that I started typically working with. So I started a podcast in that niche, you know, the conference and then the community. And it's just kind of grown from there. And then the book, when the idea came, I was like, okay, this is more about career, but this is going to be my new niche. And so I've just... It, it kind of aligns, you know, my book, I, I always say is it's, it's kind of a, a career development book to, or it's a personal development book disguised as a career development book. So it's a lot of personal development. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting to build my niche in the career development space because I have the book and the offerings. And I think a lot of opportunity to be able to help people there. Uh, and so, yeah, just, you know, like as time goes, you kind of adjust, adjust and see where the opportunity is and what I'm passionate and interested in and uh, keep building the brand in that niche. And then, you know, we'll see where things go from here. Absolutely. I, I like, uh, they definitely shift, right? Everybody's so afraid. Well, what if I don't get it right at the beginning? Yeah. And, and just recognize that it's going to, it's going to change. Just like, you know, people get so caught up in their logo and their, and their, uh, I don't know, headline on their, on their yeah. or footer on their email. And it's like, your logo is going to change. It's going to go away. Right. Yeah. You, when you start that. with is like not, not going to match any of your, any of your plans. So yeah. don't get so caught up in it. Yeah. I love, I love that flexibility, right. Recognizing that, that uh, you know what, it, it just shifts, right. It's just, it's a moving, it's a moving target as I mature, as I develop and as my client uh, pool develops. Right. And 
you, you start to realize or recognize who you who you magnetically attract or or who it just feels right to work with. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think the conference probably kind of helped with that kind of get getting different feels for you know the different clients as as your yeah, business build, grows. Build confidence and have those conversations and see what's possible. All right, Andy, what inspires you? What inspires me? Um, my children inspire me. Mm. Uh, seeing other people overcome adversity and achieve big things inspires me. Um, seeing what I can achieve inspires me. And especially hearing from other people that they have benefited from content I've created, work I've done, uh, the testimonials, things that I hear from other people who you know listen to something like this and send me a note, uh, that motivates me and inspires me uh, every time. So that that really gets me going. Nice. All right. Young entrepreneurs sitting across and you guys just had coffee together and you're going to leave him with Andy's words of wisdom. What would you share? Uh, nobody cares more about your career and your life than you do. So you've got to be the one to own it. You've got to be the one to set the goals and make a plan. You've got to be the one to go out and talk to the people uh, who can help put you in position. Uh, you've got to be the one to set a vision and decide where you want to go. And you can't let anybody tell you that you can't go there. You can't be afraid of rejection or failure. Um, life is a journey. So just like set that intention and go try some stuff. And if it doesn't work out, learn from the experience and go try something else. Nice. Thank you, Andy, so much for taking the time to hang out with us. Appreciate your wisdom and can't wait to see where this journey continues to take you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. This has been fun. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Dennis is a life mastery coach and has been working with people worldwide for over 15 years. He has been sober since April of 2003, during which time he became a successful businessman, athlete, and family man. His journey and recovery helped him find his mission in life, which is to help others achieve inner peace and success and master every area of their lives.